Hello, everyone. You are now listening to the Storm Connect podcast with Edo Ninja and Crunch. We talk about gaming topics and animated series of our own interest, like Final Fantasy, Persona 5, Smash Brothers, and so on forward. The goal we aim to accomplish on every episode is to provide insights on these set subjects that are usually overlooked to spread awareness and learn more. This podcast episode is a little bit overdue, but finally, thank God, we have come back here together today to talk about the PS5 Showcase livestream event. So, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to talk about uh, of what's been shown in this live stream. So, um, I- I- again, we apologize that this is a little bit uh, late on that. This was not part of the plan, but... Uh, I think it's good that we also waited because, like, there was also, like, a little bit of some news coming out for some of the games and, like, more information on the PS5. Just little little details here and there. So, I think it's now safe to say that we can actually, like, talk about these, um, the whatever was showcased and the such for the uh, console itself and so on forward. So, other than that, I think we could just dive right into it, right? Yeah, for sure. And it was especially good that we waited until today because, um... Recently surfacing on Twitter, especially tweeted by PlayStation themselves, they showed the official box art for Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was one of the highlights of the PlayStation um, Direct, as you would call it, or the presentation. And it looks pretty good. There's not really much of a difference between the PlayStation 4 or 5 boxes, only a color difference. So, like, the PlayStation 4, as we all know, in the box is, like, there's a blue highlight with white text, but... Rather, this time they went for black text and a white background on the labels, which is pretty cool. Um, so I guess there's not too much of a difference from the boxes, um, which is pretty good because they still kept it recognizable. And like, I already like the PS4 label on games as always, so that's, you know, I'm okay with that. But other than that, I mean, out of all the games that we looked through, um, we're not going to talk about like every single one because there are a couple of sleeper games like... Especially that weird high school, like, furry game. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't even want to talk about that. No! <laughs> I don't know what it was called, but it was mentioned at, like, somewhere within the, um, within the presentation. It was some weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Besides, like, you know, it looked like a furry Telltale game, which is nothing, nothing bad about that. It's just... You know, the story itself and the characters were just kind of wacky and quirky and, like, it didn't suit my interest to talk about. So, there were sleeper games like that, but, you know, besides that, they really did a good job at, like, not just mentioning AAA titles, but also a lot of indie games. Because out of any presentation for PlayStation to reveal these things, it is best to introduce them as you're introducing the console itself. It gives developers more attention people will tend to consider a game to be cooler looking if it's presented on um the console launch or like the reveal so you know we're going to talk about a little bit of everything but definitely to start it off um just like a short mention that i was going to put in at the beginning was that i guess they are bringing over playstation 4 titles which is pretty good um now i don't know if this rumor is true or not but it was around like the top I want to say like 100 PS4 games that sold the best. Like so, for example, I get I bet we can definitely get Persona 5 on there. We can get Spider-Man PS4. We could get it'd be really cool if we could get um, some of the Kingdom Hearts games again. Because even though you know, as expressed by Ed and I, that, that game kind of weird now. But like you know, the classics we want to at least <laughs> exactly like at least the classics we want to play for sure. So the fact that they're bringing them over some of the really good ps4 titles to ps5 is awesome especially with the um the re-release of grand theft auto 5 on there too which i haven't personally played but i know it's a very well acclaimed um well received game highly acclaimed so we could definitely check that out too and then man i'm so ha- happy i don't even i'm speechless literally like talking about this but like the new spider-man game that's coming out is gonna be so sick oh that's far- my god Miles and it's Morales? crazy to think about. Yeah, dude. Miles Morales. No, no, I was going to say exactly that. Like, Miles Morales finally being the shining light. It was, I mean, spoiler alert. The game's been out for like two years now. What are you doing? Um, at the end of the first Spider-Man game, they showed off Miles Morales using a little bit of his powers here and there, especially in like the DLC. There were some cutscenes too. And it was kind of predicted that that was going to happen because Miles was already introduced in the game and like 
we were just kind of waiting for them to bring the cat out of the bag and see when he was going to actually make his debut as a hero. And looks like that's the sequel of the next game. And like my only question is, is for those Spider-Man heads like me, I wonder if um, I wonder if they're going to like, you know, keep Peter Parker at the beginning or just straight up like cut him off because in the, you know, canically in the games like or I meant in the comics. The rise of Miles Morales comes from the fall of Peter Parker. So, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens with that, whether they kill him off in the beginning or the end. But apparently there was an interview by um, Insomniac Games, which is the head developer for the game, basically saying that, you know, they're not going to cut him off, like, right at the beginning. There's still a lot of Peter Parker's story to tell, especially because, like, now I won't say this at the end of it, because this does pertain to the first game. But there was a certain death at the end of the game that was pretty, like, you know, shocking and heavy hitting. And we want to see how that affects Peter in this game. So if it's true that he sticks around till the end, then I hope we see that for sure. But I am so hyped about game about that game. How about you, Edo? All right, look, I'm just saying this right now. That game was probably, like, the only highlight for me that I actually, like, give 125% of a fuck about. So, um, now I'm gonna just only say this, like, I'm not that much into Spider-Man at all until I watched, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, movie, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if I'm, like, actually, like, a real fan or a fake fan when I say this, though, but, like, ever since that, like, I saw that movie, I was just like, okay, wait, this is actually, because I'm not much of a superhero type of guy, like, into the, uh, in terms of, like, you know, with Marvel and DC Comics and such, so I'm really not into that, I'm, you're, Trash, technical, weeaboo. But anywho, um, but when I saw this, I, I I just had a big smile on my face. I was like, oh my god, I I he's he's in the game. He's actually in the game, a dedicated game like this. I I didn't think that was actually going to happen. It was like the actual Spider Man that I actually fell in love with. So I'm like, I'm so excited for this. And I never usually like pay attention to games like these, but you know what? This actually might be my first. I'm down for this. I am down for the fucking ride for it. In some of your games, you better not let me down. That being said, I just, um, the graphics for that look, like, I thought the PS4 could already do justice with the graphics, especially with the previous Spider-Man games, because I've seen bits and pieces of it, though, but no, what I saw there, I, I, I uh, how, how, I don't understand how, but, oh my lord, that the effects and such of how they did it with the trailer, and if, it, if it's able to keep up with that type of consistency with that game specifically, because I'm looking forward to how it's going to be, um, how that's going to be ran uh, performance-wise, and keep you up with the stable of graphics and effects and such, because that's going to be heavy as hell, so... Um, I, I'm really technical when, I, uh, when it comes to stuff like this, so I really hope that it does meet with that expectations that this console does exactly justice with it, though. But I'm just glad that, uh, I believe this game is going to be releasing, uh, sometime around when the PS5 is dropped. So, it's definitely going to be a good selling point to encourage people to get to the PS5 and, like, you know, get into the other games and such that's going to be coming out, uh, in late 2020 or 2021 and so on forward. So... Um, that, I think this was a really, really smart move. I, the fact that they showed this as their starter, it's like, wow. <laughs> a lot of people are already getting the PS5 when I was that one guy. I was actually that one guy that said that, like, I don't think I'm going to be getting the PS5 because I don't see, like, what would be the point of that. And yet, no, I <laughs> I think they already want me just because they um, are incorporating Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales into the uh, the first starting lineup for their games so i'm definitely looking forward to that right and like i mean the other thing i mentioned too or actually i haven't mentioned this but like the the first ps5 or ps4 game for spider-man was really good like i mean graphically it was really pretty it was super open i truly like this is said in like a lot of reviews but like there's no other better way to describe it you truly do feel like spider-man when you're swinging around saving the day whether you're playing the story, free roaming, doing missions, taking pictures, like, you name it. And you can, like, switch your costumes and whatnot, and it's just really dope. And, like, in this trailer specifically, I was getting a lot of, like, Spider-Verse, um, vibes. Like, from the movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like, there were a couple scenes that I was looking at that, you know, Miles walking in the city, or, like, him swinging through. Because it's definitely going to take place in the winter, you know, it's snowing outside. A lot of this game is, um in a snowy setting and I'm pretty sure there were a lot of critical uh what do you call them critical conflict points that were shown in the trailer as well as a means of showcasing it but 
man this game looks so good and especially like speaking on that topic too i wanted to quickly mention like the specs for the ps5 because a lot of games that we're going to talk about too kind of showcase this as well but you know they're going to bring in 4k ultra hd blu-ray i guess they're bringing some ultra high speed ssd into this um like the specs for this are pretty crazy and like another one that i was just kind of joking about with at the beginning because i have no idea what this is at first was ray tracing Honestly, I was about to just gloss this over like it was nothing, because I'm no spec tech here. Like, how am I supposed to explain ray tracing? But I guess it has a lot to do with, like, I don't know, the lighting of the game. Like, showing more glares and lights and just making it more look a little more realistic. Like, that's what I kind of gathered based off of, like, looking at some of the pictures and, like, explanations. And I, if that's true, I can definitely see that, because a lot of these games definitely show that. Especially for a game like, um... Like, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, like, oh man, that game looks gorgeous. Like, even the opening scenes, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, even the opening scenes when they were showing, like, underwater, the new island they were around, some of the old, um, like, robot pieces scattered across the, uh... Oh, yeah, the island. yeah. And that how the light so was, cool. like, glimmering. Yeah, it looked amazing, and I was just like, wow, this, this really is a really cool game, and I... I bet it's not the last we'll see of it on a console like this. I think this console is going to, you know, really, um, oh gosh, what's it called? I think this console is really going to uh, evolve, like, the graphics game, and especially show off what a console can really do. Like, because, you know, a lot of people are using PCs for gaming, I myself included. Like, I game a lot on PC, and some of the settings that you can toggle with on PC are really nice, and you can run games at incredible frame rates. It's like... I mean, gosh, I wonder what consoles have to offer. They gotta go all out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I do have a lot more comments, too, uh, in regards to the specs and such, though. Um, it's, I mean, like, for right now, like, uh, to give the brief of it, it's gonna be, like, really good. Uh, I'm gonna mention this a little bit more about that later. Uh, when we get to that, mm -hmm. after that, we're done covering with the games and such. So, um, I have that pinned for right now. Um... So, but yeah, with that being said, um, I think that's all that I really have to say for regards to the, um, for the specs real quickly, and, uh, for Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and you're good with that? Oh, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So, um, next one, right? Uh, Ratchet and Clank. This was, uh, I don't want to say it's expected, but, I mean, everybody was just kind of, like, in desperate hope for this game. And my, my, I'm kind of glad that we waited a little bit, little bit longer uh, than expected for a brand new one. Uh, it, it just looks freaking great. Uh, the aesthetics have been, like, it, it, it's pretty much, like, they took that to a huge level, to another notch of that. Uh, I thought the PS4 would be the appropriate time for them to do that, though, but no, I was wrong. The PS5 definitely did it some justice. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not an actual Ratchet and Clank fan, uh, Ratchet and Clank fan, so that's really all that I really have to say about it, though, but I did look at the previous trailers of how they did with their previous games and such, and my, my, it's, it's evolved to something very beautiful, I'll d definitely say that much, I definitely gotta get into it in the future. Yeah, for sure, and, like, I haven't really played those games either, like, I didn't really get into gaming until I was, like, five or six years old, and I'm pretty sure this game was out and about, and, like, all I really had was a DS, but I definitely have heard about this game before and I've seen a lot of people uh give it some high praise so for them to you know make a new game out of this and I think it's just really cool that they're bringing back old games like that and kind of revamping them it's like got a very nostalgic feeling in the air so I I definitely get that a lot of old heads that have played this game as a kid are going to be very excited for it mm -hmm. um another one that I was interested in is um if you guys remember the title Little Big Planet there's a I don't know if it's a spin-off or a sequel, but they're making another game called Sackboy. Um, that that actually caught me by surprise. I thought they just killed that series, honestly. Like, Same. I haven't seen a Little Big Planet game in like forever, so that was the first time I saw it. I was like, oh wow, they're returning with that, and it does look pretty cute. So, but I don't know, really know what else to say about it. Do you have anything to say about Sackboy or? Um, so, um, as mentioned, like, we have not seen that since pretty much the PS3 days, because that was, like, pretty much the last time that we actually genuinely have seen, uh, Little Big Planet. Um, 
It's a little bit different than how uh, Little Big Planet is usually like formatted uh, for the previous games as it was. It's a little bit more like open uh, world and such. Like, which or I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. Like, it's actually good. Uh, I just don't know the idea of what they want to do with Sackboy. Like, I'm 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 open-minded for this. I mean, again, I'm glad that like the world of Little Big Planet has uh, returned. So how they go about this is gonna be a different story though, but I am uh, I am open-minded to having something uh, for a new exploration. I, I mean, so far what they showed off for Sackboy Returns looks incredible. It's just something that we're definitely not used to because it was a little bit different to how Little Big Planet was um, for how they developed those games uh, back in the PS3 days. So I'm very interested to what they're gonna uh, take with that. And uh, who knows? I mean, there's probably a lot more that they did not show up with that game. At least that's just my small hunch of that. But I'm definitely going to be copying that day one as well when it drops. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have to say for uh, Sackboy. Um, now, okay, I kind of have to talk about this. I didn't think I would talk about this, but I, I, I just have to. So, normally I'm not into uh, cutesy games. But Stray Cat is looking pretty clean, and uh, I'm a cat type of guy, and I love cats. And just seeing the way of how cats look like for this game and the aesthetics for it, it, it caught my attention. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this game uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, and it's also developed by, like, I never heard of this developer as well. Uh, so it's also going to be very uh, interesting as well. Um, other than that, I'm not exactly sure, like, what the game is supposed to be about or anything. Like, th what they showed up in the trailer was kind of pretty vague, but it already caught my attention. And there was, like, a bunch of nice cats and such, and I, I give me the game. <laughs> give me the game! <laughs> yeah, it's got cats. That's all we need. That's, that's all I care about, honestly. So, um, I, uh, I'm definitely gonna keep up to date with their Twitter and such just to see more about that. I'm definitely gonna be streaming this as well on my Twitch channel, so be on the lookout for oh, that word. when that drops. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that game looks pretty cool to me, too. Um, I kind of, like, I basically kind of reskimmed through the PS5 reveal just to kind of see what was up with some of these games, and it definitely caught my eye, but I already, like... I don't know if there's really, like, a story to it other than, like, what was shown. I mean, it was just a cat, like, kind of roaming the city, but in, like, a very mysterious way. So I guess that's kind of, like, the the mysterious Roma of that game kind of just caught my eye. Yeah, no, most definitely. So, um, but we'll just have to see where that's going to go, though. But, like, it's also, like, another open world type of idea uh, as for the lore and such, and what you can actually do is another story, though. But I will say, for us, a teaser trailer that was showcased in the PS5, very well done. For so, sure. So, um, next I kind of want to go over is, uh, Kina. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Bridge of Spirits. Ooh, that game looks so cool, dude. I just gotta say, like, I don't know the story for that one either, but it definitely gave me some Ori in the Blind Forest vibes. And for anyone that's played Ori in the Blind Forest, um... I think you guys will know how cool that game is. Like, aesthetically, it hits pretty much the nail on the head. Like, it's very pretty, and it's not really an open-world game, but it's more like a side-scroller open-world, I guess you could call it. Um, it. It feels massive, and, like, the um, the music really fits the setting, so it feels magical, and you're kind of playing as, like, this... I don't even know what Ori is, honestly. It's like a monkey cat. I don't even know what kind of species Ori is, but... Um, you're basically just jumping around, collecting abilities to, like, you know, make, like, it makes movement a lot faster and also to, like, quickly kill enemies. And um, the final boss was really cool against, like, the owl. It, oh, man, that just felt like such a cool, magical game. And that's what um, Kina kind of gave me the same vibes of. So I kind of look forward to that as well. Same thing with that. It looked like an indie developer title. I could be wrong, though, but... Like I said in the beginning, um, games like these are great to show for the PlayStation 5 reveal because this gives people an expectation of what you can possibly see on the PlayStation and it also will boost sales probably for this game uh, that it was shown during a very important timeline on PlayStation's part. Right. Um, yeah, no, it, I'm sorry, but it definitely looks like I'm watching an animated movie um, either with uh, Disney or Pixar and such. It just looks that good. And the fact they could still be consistent as that and as to how they did their um, 
their uh, motion blurring and such, and their lighting. It, it's just it. They are taking that to another notch of level for how they do their graphics. So I I gotta give them props to that. It just looks so fucking good. Um, there's not much that I like can really say about that though. But the one thing that it was that spoke out to me in that trailer was definitely the gameplay that looks so cool the effects of what's going on and such the combat i'm very interested in it so i'm also going to be copying this day one and again most likely streaming this for um enjoyment purposes so um but yeah no that's all i can really say about that um i'm gonna look forward to more information about that and such so i'll probably tweet about that here and there on my twitter and then see how that goes yeah, for sure. And I guess making a quick pivot off of that, we got like three more games that look really cool. Um, one of which is a is like kind of a sequel to a, I guess we can call it a trilogy now now that it's coming. But we have Hitman Three, which I know is played by a lot of people, but I haven't really played it myself. I just think it's really cool that they're making a third one. So I hope to expect some pretty good stuff out of that. Um, Solar Ash, which look kind of like like a weird platforming game. It, it looks cool, but it's by this one developer i can't put my um oh man it's like on the tip of my tongue but it looked like they made a game that i once played a while back i played it only a little bit but the aesthetics of solar ash look really cool too it's got like this spacey vibe it's very colorful and unique and very vibrant so if you're into those type of games you'll definitely like that for sure and lastly this one game Ghostwire it was this weird like what it looked like to me was like an action thriller horror game that's set in Tokyo where you're fighting all these like ghost ghosts and demons and all these other strange creatures and it's like kind of scary it's a super dark atmosphere um and of course it's developed by best of studios I mean what other studio could possibly make that type of game <laughs> like they're pretty uh pretty creepy but speaking of Bethesda, or Bethesda, um, they're actually remaking for the PlayStation 5 what is considered to be like one of the first Dark Souls games, which is Demon Souls. And I didn't know what this was at first until it showed the title because I've heard of Demon Souls before, before Dark Souls, because that was kind of like technically the first name that was... Um, you know, that they called those type of games like way back when. But the fact that they're remaking it for the PlayStation 5 is really dope. And like, honestly, I wouldn't even mind trying it. Like, I watched a comparison video from when I believe the game was first on the PlayStation 3. And the graphic differences are really intense. Like, it's insane how much different we have came from like, you know, PlayStation 3 to 4 to 5. It's like 4 really got it down graphically, but like 5 is just polishing it up and it looks insane and especially lifelike at that too. Most definitely. I have to agree with you on that. Um, Demon's Souls. I, yeah, no, same page with uh, Crunch here. I actually did not know of what this was, but uh, I will say that like, I think this is like one of the games that like, I kind of was not even like really into like that though, but the fact that like it's gotten this much attention that it got, it's dead. It's definitely like coming to the PS5 now. I'm I have to try this out. I definitely have to try this out and see like what this where this all comes from and such. And definitely go from there as well though. So this is definitely hype. Uh and I know a, a couple friends are actually like really hyped about this. And at first I did not understand though, but I rewatched the trailer and such and then dive into the history of it. I'll probably give this a shot. At least just once. Not immediately, compared to the uh, the games that I have in priority though, but in, in time I, I have this in the backlog. Yeah, for sure, man. Like, I feel the same way about it. I definitely want to try this out, too. Because really, the only... um, Oh, actually, I don't think it's made by Bethesda Studios. My my mistake. I think who it's made by... Um, Dark Souls is also made by the same studios that made Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And I <gasps> what? Think who made that. Yeah. Oh, God. From Software. I apologize. So it's not... I don't think it's Bethesda. But it's from software. If you guys know, I mean, I'm flubbing up right now, obviously. But like, Sekiro is also responsible. Um, is also a game made by From Software. It's, from Software is also made by Dark Souls, and like, those are highly considered to be like really tough games. Uh, oh, wait, I mean, that's like, big. Yeah, like they're pretty unfair games. Um, 
they're just super hard. Like you really have to understand the core mechanics of the game. And even then it challenges you by doing some pretty like unorthodox things in the game. Like they introduce weird bosses. Like they're pretty similar in that aspect. So I think that's also Demon's Souls. I'm like getting it completely mixed up. So if you guys listening at home know, um, you know, my apologies, don't show me too hard for that, but it was either Bethesda or From Software, so it's one of those two for sure. Mm. But yeah, with that being said, Demon Souls looks really dope, and I never got to play the original, so maybe I'll give it a shot next time for sure. That's kind of how I'm saying about it as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's like all for the games that I have. Uh, well, th- well, actually, that there is a couple that we have here in the list here um, left. Uh, which the two of them are Horizon Forbidden West, and the other one is Deathloop. Bro, yeah, like Horizon Zero Dawn, I never finished the game, and I think I'm gonna like maybe restart it? I'm not totally sure, because I got kind of stumped at one point and then I stopped playing, but from what I played, that game is amazing. It's really dope. Like, the open atmosphere, the unique enemies that you fight, um... I forgot the main protagonist's name, but her story is really cool too. And I don't really know know exactly like what happened at the end of the first one, but uh, I guess she ends up like going west, and I don't think that was known until the trailer showed that, because it shows in Horizon Forbidden Forest, like the trailer for it, the San Francisco Golden Bridge, which was pretty dope. That was so I, cool. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like just seeing that um, in a game like this was really dope. Like, I didn't really expect them to make like any references to, um, you know, anything around like San Francisco specifically. Like, I thought it was just going to be kind of like, oh, they're out west and like the rest of the region was going to be really unique and like, um, you know, not much else to it, but. Yeah, mm. I, it's so dope that they added the Golden Gate Bridge in the background, and like, it, it definitely makes it feel, like I said, with a lot of these games, realistic. Like, I think that's their goal here, is to make a lot of these games look realistic, despite the fact that they're fictional, and like, you know, they have these unique and weird monsters, robots, you name it, like, that's kind of their goal, and I think Horizon Forbidden West is gonna, you know, demolish, demolish the, the, that type of game, and they're gonna succeed in showing that. Speaking of that as well, like, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I also feel that Deathloop is going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. And I guess besides that, like, I I didn't really get to play it like that. I played about, like, halfway, like I said, but that's pretty much all I have to say about Horizon. And, like, I guess the last two games I wanted to mention, and I, I... I've never played it. I've never played a Resident Evil game before, but I still think it's really dope that Resident Evil 8 actually got confirmed in that presentation. And I think it's called Village. But, you know, all my friends are pretty hyped about it because they played Resident Evil before. And especially with the recent re-releases, like, you know, kind of like a remake, like Resident Evil 2 and 3 that came out. I think it's really sick that we're finally getting Resident Evil 8. So, for all you Resident Evil uh, fangoers at home, uh, this is something you should definitely be hyped about. Y'all are eating tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what this this presentation really did. Like, they gave a lot for us to eat and digest, and especially with some AAA tiles coming back, like sequels, remakes. And then um, the last game that looked really cool to me, I don't really have much to say on it specifically, rather than the trailer looked really dope for it, was Deathloop. Um... That game, I think from what I remembered, it looked like, I don't even know, it looked kind of like like some weird FPS de- detective game? Um, Something like that, yeah. It was like um, first person in a really dark and weird atmosphere. For some reason, it like reminded me of Gotham City. Don't ask me why, but like, you know, Gotham on like every alley you turn is just really dark and it's got a bunch of like you know, um, crooks and, like, gang members and just sketchy people, which is kind of like a darker, twisted version of, like, New York, essentially. That's always what Gotham has been has been. It's in all vintage-like, too. Yeah. And, like, it just looked... It just looked so interesting. Oh, and it's also made by Bethesda. I just realized that. Okay, you know what Bethesda That's made? So 
and it, I was getting confused with it was the Fallout games. My apologies. I finally figured it out. It just clicked oh, with me. Bethesda okay. makes the Fallout games, and like, you know, um, oh gosh, what's that costume they brought into Smash? Like the one in the uh, most recent Direct? That He's also kind of in the Fallout series, like that, uh, that little Vault boy, boy with a gun. Yeah. Vault Boy, yeah. So he's under Bethesda. There we go. I finally figured it out. I was trying to remember what game it was, but yeah. So, just to reiterate that point, From Software makes Dark Souls, Sekiro, those type of games. Bethesda has made, you know, Fallout, Deathloop, and also um, Ghostwire, which is another one. So I think, wow, now that I'm seeing this, okay, Bethesda has a lineup here, and they look dope. And, That's you know, Deathloop impressive. does the same. Yeah, I know, like, it's just dawning on me how much Bethesda has released along the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't really have much to say about Deathloop other than that. It looks really sick, though. I kind of definitely gonna try it out just because I'm like a huge fan of the aesthetics. Not gonna lie, that's the only reason why I want to try it out. Right. So gameplay looks smooth too. Oh yeah, most definitely, especially for like now that it's out to the PS5 and such. And I did my research on it a little bit more. Oh, they're doing it justice. Nothing but justice. So for sure. Um. That's all that we really had to, like, go over with, like, the games and all. Um, and I, I just want to, like, mention this because, like, I don't know why, but, like, throughout that showcase event, like, when they were, like, putting in all these games and such, showing up, like, what they have in the lineup, they were, like, teasing a little bit of, like, what the PS5 could do or, like, you know, what it's going to feature, what it might look like and stuff like that. They did, like, very, very, very small teases throughout that presentation. But one of them that stuck out to me, and I'm just saying, and I will debate with this on anybody, I'm just saying, but uh, they decided to randomly insert the best startup screen in any PlayStation console. I'm sorry. Like, uh, look, yes. I understand there is some nostalgia from the PS, uh, the PlayStation consoles with the, um, how it starts up, especially for the PS1, 2, and stuff like that. I get it for nostalgia purposes, though, but I, I, for me, for this one, for the PS5, they definitely hit it perfectly. I totally agree, man. Like, all, like, the... It, there's just something that's so sick about it to me. Like, I, I've seen all of them, pretty much. I think definitely the best one, in my opinion, is for sure, like, the old PlayStation consoles, like, 1 and 2. 3 and 4 are pretty cool, but there's nothing, like, insane about them. They're pretty bland and boring like you know kind of like an average uh you know like an average startup screen but like oh ps5 uh startup screen is really really cool and it looks super pretty too with all like the the glitter and whatnot and like all the colors actually not really colors but like you know oh it just looks so cool it does like give that futuristic but pretty environment with it and I i'm just sorry like it, I love the particles so much with that. I actually might want to recreate it just because I could. <laughs> but, um, but like, because with the PS3 and the PS4, like, it had this, like, annoying, like, loud sound effect, though. But this one, like, it hit it just nicely. It's, like, not too loud and such and not too, like, quiet. It, it's, like, that right average tone of it. So, uh, and just looking at the user interface of what it's going to look like, I... I need, I need to see more of this. I actually am very excited just to see more of like what themes are gonna be available and such, like of how they're going to change up the user interface, uh, you know, the the homepage of when you want to browse your games and such. Like just, that got me hyped just alone for that. And I don't know why, like I'm talking about this for more than I should have though, but it's like, wow, they really hit it with the aesthetics for that. Like they know what they're doing. Okay, Apple moment. All right, I'm done. Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. PS5, baby. Like, it's all about the hype. The startup looks so sick. I, I want to see more of it. It's like... I mean, even then, like, if we really want to talk about hype, we can definitely talk about the controllers and, like, the the console itself. Like, I, okay, one thing I kind of don't like about the PS4 controller, and I have it literally right next to me, are the thumbsticks. Because sometimes when I'm playing games like COD, or, you know, I'll be playing games for a really long period of time, I... The sticks really get irritating to use and it hurts my thumbs a lot, but really, and like the touchpad too, I don't know what it is, but the touchpad to me just feels like such a pointless feature. I've only ever used it for the map. Like, I feel like that's all I've used it for. And like, you know, there's also the share button, the options button, 
Like, I'm literally look, looking at it right now. Like, it's a good controller. It's not, like, terrible or anything, but, like, I I just wish it felt a little more comfortable. And with the new look of the PlayStation 5 controller, it kind of looks similar to the Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Like, because with the Nintendo Switch controller, um, there's, like, a wraparound on where the... Uh, where the handles are on the controller and i love that because it makes it so comfortable to hold and the buttons look pretty cool too um i kind of wish there was some color on the on the actual buttons like the triangle square circle x buttons like from what i can tell it just looks a little plain which i guess is okay but you know i still kind of want to keep those classic color look to it you know but everything else looks pretty cool I'm kind of hyped for the controller, and I hope it feels comfortable. I am as well. Uh, I will have to say that I'm also on the same page. Uh, the fact that I'm not exactly too fan of the coloring for it. Again, like, I think that they're trying to, like, keep up with their, um, their like, original aesthetic to it. But combine them, again, like, I, this just, it feels like they're going in the d direction of Apple. That's just my own personal opinion from it, though. Yeah. Um, but... I actually that I'm so glad that you brought this up because uh, I didn't really think about it until you said that. But the touchpad is just so I don't know why it's there. Like, it, look, it, it doesn't look bad and such. But I just look at it. and I'm just like something about it just tells me that you were not meant to be on this controller. And I don't know why, but it pisses me off. But yeah, I mean, like, OK, like I have um, like, OK, I just pull it out just right now, though. But I have this. uh. Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, PS4 Pro controller edition and such. And it's like, if you put a little bit more on the touch-ups of, like, the aesthetics or, like, put the stickers on it, like, it could look nice, though. But it's like, I hardly ever use it. And, like, for me, like, honestly, like, the only time I think I've ever, like, even dare to touch the touchpad is whenever I'm playing Persona 5 Royal whenever I click on the showtime. I think that's, like, the only notable time that I've ever used the touchpad. Other than that, I probably have ever even hardly used it for uh for other games that i like can think of like i don't think i've ever used it for kingdom hearts and such like what is this <laughs> so the fact that it's brought up again i only hope uh and this might be from the developer standpoint of view but um because there are some games that i play and they're modern and like you know they're you know they're current but, like, there's hardly ever use of that. So, if I find out when we dive into the, the world of the PS5, if there's still not much use for this touchpad, I'm actually about to fight somebody. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I cannot accept this. I just, I literally look at this and I'm just like, why? You, you're covering this empty space when you could actually be useful for something. But, no, you're, you're just an accessory at this point. <laughs> So, um, other than that, like, you know, it, it's okay for what it is. It like, I also have to agree with Crunchy the fact that it also gives me the, uh, the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller vibes as well with it. Just a little bit more broadened and a little bit wider in a sense of that. So, um, I can see that they're trying to go with a new direction of the controller, but, I mean, hopefully they have more color options than this because I'm really not a fan of that one. I, I'm sorry. It just bothers me so much. I don't know if it's just me being a graphic designer that's just, you know, saying that of, you know, color theory and such, but still, I'm so bothered by it. I hate it. So. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel, I mean, he basically reiterated my point, but I feel the same way about it. I just hope that the controller feels nice and like there's nothing too irritating about it. And especially please help my poor thumbs, bro. It hurts. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but like those thumbsticks feel really weird to me. But like, other than that, you know, it promised adaptive triggers. It's super responsive. It comes with motion sensor. And finally they're switching to the USB-C port, which USB-C is a lot more, um, it's a lot more up to date. I think a lot of companies are starting to switch to that, except for Apple, because you know Apple just loves to have their own thing going. So they have the they lightning cable. They want to be cable. special snowflakes, right? I'm like, yeah, okay, make it harder for everyone else. But <laughs> oh the USB-C ports are pretty cool. Um, everybody's using them at this point. Like I think even the Switch Pro controller has a USB-C port on the back, which is pretty good. And like, oh yeah, huh, it does. Yeah, like, I'm hoping the cable's not too fidgety, because, like, the one thing I don't like about the PS4 controller is this 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 cable just 
bends way too easily or like the i don't know i've had a lot i've gone through like two or three of them because sometimes they just won't charge my controller at all like the wire just like snaps or something i don't know what's up with it but you know i've had problems in the past so i hope that they make them a little less and i don't want to be that one guy but like they just gave me the impression it's like they made it that way just so that we had to like utilize our wallets to purchase another cord that will be stronger and such. But even then, I literally look at the like you know the the out the, the port uh, to insert the port on the PlayStation controller, and I look at the cable and I just sit here and I'm in so much disappointment. It's like why why do you do this to me? Why do you make my life so much harder? I you I I hate you. <laughs> I know, it's so frustrating, dude. It's actually so stupid. Oh, and the 3D audio. Like, I don't really know what 3D audio is, but from what it sounds like, that sounds hype to me. I just don't know what, like, I'm not really, like, an audio specialist at all. Like, I'm not sure what will be encompassed exactly, like, what the differences will be between 3D audio and regular audio. Like, does it make it more submersive? Are you more, like in with the environment that you're listening to is there a lot more like background noises that you can catch um where you whereas you couldn't in like, normal audio like i'm wondering what that's about so i wonder if the differences are going to be like truly drastic in that aspect but that's really about it for the controllers i think i don't know if you have anything else to say about the audio uh not really like the only thing that i know as i've talked to like a couple friends that like you know they specialize in audio and such like it's not anything like, you know, that you would expect from stereo sound or surround sound type of system. So it's definitely going to be some type of a experience that's going to be very unique. At least that's what I've been told to properly understand that to, um, to what I've been told. So uh, I'll see where that goes, really. I'm not like really too crazy about it. I mean, I've been always fine with how things are with sound. But hey, I mean, if, it, if this is better, then... We'll see where that takes us. But other than that, that's my only comments that I have for the controller itself. Yeah, for sure. Now, I kind of want to go back to uh, the design of the PS5 when they finally revealed it and its specs, right? So, um, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, though, but <laughs> I think you all have already paid attention to social media. But if not for whatever A, B, and C reason... Um, that's a very interesting design that they're going for. It's definitely unique and out of their branches of what they're normally used to of how they design their consoles. Very, very unique. Um, but yeah. why does it look like a Wi-Fi tower? I'm sorry, a, a router. It literally like, looks like a router, bro. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but like that not only looks like that, though, but that could also look like a school binder with a bunch of paper in it and such. Like, I'm sorry that I'm roasting it, though, but it's <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. Like, with all these considered, like, conventionally, I could see why they did this and, and as to, like, why this works and such for, like, proper, like, cooling and, the, like, the fans and, like, you know, of how it works. So conventionally, like, it works that way. It looks weird because, like, I literally look at the, like, the way of how it's covered, I just, I worry about it because it's just like, it looks like somebody could just like bend the crap out of it and just take off the topping of it. Like, how secure is this console, really? I'm sorry. I know. It, it looks I like just, it's built uh, out of plastic. It does. Yes. I'm glad you said that. It just looks like it's plastic. It's like anybody could just like rip that open and it's like, oh, yep. There goes the console. Like, oh man! If I find out that this console is worth a lot, that 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 console better be sturdy as hell because I definitely, I'm used to like laying it like normally like um, horizontally rather than like you know up top like a tower. Um, which I mean, if I had to adapt to that way, then I will as necessary. But it just gives me so much concern. Like, <laughs> like I said, conventionally it works though, but why? Why? <laughs> Yeah, and like I was looking up images for it and it's like I do understand that design because like you're talking about with the fans, the problem I have with the PS4 is like I'm literally looking at it right now and there's barely any room for the fans to really like blow as much air out as it can. And with the PS5, like it looks to me like it's a lot more open. I don't know how much exactly of the console space is going to be um dedicated to like fans and whatnot but it definitely like with the creases like coming up and spreading out like when you get to the top like um 
the design just kind of like caves out a bit. I feel like the fans are going to be up there and they'll blow out from there, which seems to be pretty good. And like the other thing too is I thank God you can do this. You can lay it down horizontally. The question for me is how big is this console? Because I'm looking at my PS4 and like, you know, the PS4 isn't like really that big either, but definitely takes up desk space for sure. So I'm hoping that the PS5 doesn't take too much up because I don't really have a big desk and like <laughs> there's only so much I could fit on this um, on this space that I'm working with here. But the other thing that was really interesting to me is that they're making two different versions of the of the console. There's going to be the PlayStation regular and then the digital. Now the difference between the digital and the regular is that the digital does not have a disc reader, meaning um, that might take out the Ultra uh, HD Blu-ray component to it because you're going to be digitally downloading the game so there won't be a disc reader there so that's like one um that's like what is it that's like one spec less on a console meaning that it will probably more than likely be the least expensive out of the two and the question here is like you know how expensive are we talking both xbox if you want to think about it like this both Xbox and PlayStation have not revealed their prices at all. It almost feels like a Western stalemate. Like, you know, when they both have their guns ready and they're about to duel. And whoever draws it first and the other one gets shot down. I feel like that's what it's going to be. So, you know, one reveals the price, the next one does eventually as well. Because I think a lot of a lot of um, decision making also comes for, like, you know, how expensive is this? Because obviously we care about our money. And, like, we're not going to drop something day one if it's ridiculously high in price. So, I'm expecting anywhere between a minimum of 500 to a max of, like, this would be crazy if they did this, but I wouldn't even be surprised, like, $700 for the more expensive um, version of the PlayStation 5. And I don't really pay attention to Xbox like that, but, you know, their, their little square box PC-looking console thing that they got going... Maybe same thing, anywhere between 500 and 700. It's a new gen console, so it's definitely going to be half a grand for sure. But hopefully the price isn't too much, because we'll see. Because I still got to get games too, you know? <laughs> right, I'm actually glad that you mentioned that. Uh, I've been very concerned about the two models, because uh, honestly, if you want my own personal opinion of this, I'm not exactly sure as to why like they split the models, in my own personal opinion. Because it's like... You know, if we've had the previous consoles where it can have, like, the two functions of, you know, inserting the disc component and downloading the games through online and such, like, I'm not so sure as to, like, why they did that. Because, I mean, for me, okay, like, I like downloading my games, but there are moments where I want to, like, once in a while buy a physical copy of something, especially if I'm getting, like, a collector's edition, for example, Persona 5 Royal, and so on forward to the games that I'm actually interested in. So, um... I am in agreement with you, the fact that, like, it will mo most likely be the the price difference between the two, uh, the digital one being the cheaper one, the physical one, uh, the regular version will be a little bit more expensive because it's including that feature. I just, I don't know, like, I, it's just so weird to me because it's like, unless the digital uh, version of the PS5 will have an extra component that's going to, like, enhance... Uh, the performance of the PS5 that I could see that in some type of way though It would be a very tedious play, but I don't know. It's just for me Like I just don't really see the point of that, but I mean, I, I just hope the damage will not be too Bad especially like you know, like obviously you need the online to especially if you want to do multiplayer and like go on the um, PlayStation app and such because like if you're still downloading games and such for the uh, regular version What's the point of having the digital one to begin with? I don't know. That's just me that I've just kind of been sitting here. So it's like, unless that they're trying to do this differently to that extent to where they can monitor that, then I will genuinely be impressed that they even went through so many efforts just to make more unique enhancements. Or I should say, uh, unique differences between the digital one and the regular version of that. So, um, and going further a little bit of the price as well, like, for what we know... This is going to release sometime later this year, most likely around to uh, winter. And there has been sp price speculations and, you know, rumors that it, like, it accidentally dropped in foreign countries and such. And surprisingly, uh, th there's been a lot of n talks with the numbers saying that it's going to be your regular 500. It's like, really? 
for what we're getting for this, like it has an SSD for fuck's sakes, and that is not cheap in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it has the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, and then the ray tracing. This is basically like another top-notch level of a PS4 Pro, but better, obviously, and higher and more up-to-date and such. And like with everything that's coming into that, it's big. So, um, the fact that it might be priced at 500 is going to be insanely amazing to me because they mentioned that they want to make this affordable to the consumers. But it's just, I look at this and I look as to what could come with it as well. It's just like, how in the hell are they going to get $500? Like, because obviously, like, the, 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 in a way, the cheaper the better, though. But it's like, I don't know why, but that shit just looks like it's going to be worth at least a 700 or a grand, maybe, if it's going to include, like, the special pack of the headphones and such, which I doubt it, because the important uh, parts of having the PS5, obviously, or any console is basically the console itself and the controller and the cords and stuff like that, though. But I just look here about it, because I'm just like, are they going to the same direction as Xbox? Because sometimes they will include, like, uh, the webcam... Uh, for VR or whatever. So I just look at that and I'm just like, if they're going with that same direction, I'm going to be impressed that it's going to be 500. There's no way that it will be. But if it does, wow. I I, I will be left at no words. I, it, I will be that speechless. I'm not so sure exactly how to express myself, but be speechless. So um, that's all I really have to say about that because like, there's just been a lot of concern and questions about that, especially the fact that they didn't even drop it at the live stream event. It's like, oh my. And that, that's why like I've been speculating that if they didn't drop the price at the PlayStation 5 live stream event, then I, I have a feeling that it's going to be some type of damage. But if I could be wrong. That, but that's off to what I'm getting at here and the impression that they're getting with the uh, what's going on with the speculations, what happened to the event, and what is Sony providing to the information to the general public. So, um, other than that, uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I just hope that, like, again, I'm also on the same page with Crunch about this. I kind of don't have much space left in my desk. Because uh, it's already crowded with my entire setup, with my other consoles, my PC, and whatever else that I have here on top of my desk, though. But at the same time, like, again, importantly, I don't have space for this anymore, so. <laughs> That's, like, the one thing I just needed. That's, like, my only reason for really wanting this console, especially, like, day one. They kind of, like, I was on this, like, Edo mentioned this literally at the beginning, but, uh, you know, like, I'm... I wasn't even planning on getting this day one, and I still don't think I am, because, like, usually I like to wait a bit on it, but I don't know, maybe I'll do some with it for, like, Christmas or whatever, but, like, oh, it's so tempting when you have a game like Spider-Man PS5 coming out, and it's just, oh, it's so tempting, but we'll see what happens. I know, they get you there. Yeah, so, um, there's one more thing I do want to talk about, because this has been a huge talk with, uh everyone on Twitter and such, as to everyone that's been following up the news with it, though. But there's been huge speculation if the PS5 is going to have backwards compatibility. Now, it might happen, just not in the way that we think. And this is why I've been concerned about the design of the PS5, because, um, first of all, I do have a question that, um, because we're, we've been able to do this for the PS4, that we've been able to open it up and uh, remove the, uh, the hard drive that's in it and replace it with another hard drive and such. We've been able to do that. I've been wondering if we're able to do that with the PS5, and if so, I, I hope it's not going to be too tedious, because like I said, that the covering of the console is scaring me. It's just putting me through so much anxiety. It's like, I need to actually handle this with so much delicacy and care. So, um, I look at that, and... Again, like, I know it sounds like I'm going a bit off topic, though, but this does have the relation to that, though. But they said that, like... At least it what was rumored. I will say that though. Um, it will not like you if you get the regular version. If you insert the disc and such, it might not work that way. The only way that it could work is that if you had the hard drive and it had if it has these games from the previous console, the PS4. I don't know if they said this about for the PS3 and the two and the first one. Um, so if it's on the hard drive, all you would have to do is take that hard drive and replace it with the other one and it'll boot up to that way. I'm not so sure. 
Uh, but apparently it might be a tedious process as to how that's going to work, which that kind of makes it a turnaway point unless you care that much for backwards compatibility. Because uh, obviously, like, that's, like, the biggest thing that we've all been wanting is for that. And we've had that in the past before. It is possible. I'm not so sure as to why they won't do it. Um, so we'll see if we can actually get that firm confirmation of that. I just hope it won't be that tedious process as, I, as I've heard with the whole hard drive situation of replacing it, going back and forth with it, and such and so on for Yeah, I agree with you. But, um, yeah, that's all I really have to say for the PS5 overall. Um, I'm very hyped about this. Uh, I might get this day one again, because, again, the exclusives are a little bit tempting. But I'm trying to remain control. I don't want to destroy my bank account. <laughs> yeah, likewise. <laughs> likewise. Yeah, no, that, that's all I really have to say about that. I will keep up more to update it with my Twitter as well on that. Unless that we will have a dedicated uh, podcast episode, then we will as needed. Yeah, uh, that that's on for me on my end. How about you? Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, okay. Um, there's actually one more thing that we do have to discuss about before that we end off this podcast. Um, first of all, to have this message clear, we want to extend our gratitude to you all for your patience and support for this podcast. And it really means a lot to us truly wholeheartedly um if you have been keeping up to date on uh our twitter for the podcast episode announcements and all there was a reason for at least as to why this podcast episode was uploaded to today rather than last week unfortunately and it saddens us because we do have to address this to our understanding, and to be transparent about this, our numbers significantly come from the Smash community since we have made uh, Smash coverage episodes here and there on Storm Connect podcast. If you are not aware, for whatever odd reason, A, B, and C, last week was the darkest week for the Smash community. And I mm -hmm. wish I was exaggerating when I say this. In the Smash scene for many years... There was an ungod there were an ungodly amount of allegations among with uh, notable members within the community and for brace yourselves for when I say this over there might be a couple trigger warnings here and there um, for sexual misconduct, uh, pedophilia and unfortunately just more than I could think of, but it just comes with the horrible stuff that falls in the same category as that. Uh, we do want to express that we give our hearts and support to those affected throughout those years of suffering and trauma, and especially for those that like have to seeing all that on Twitter just coming down because it had a huge negative impact on all of us. And I want to be crystal clear on this. What happened that week, last week, was not simple drama or a game. These incidents were unfortunate uh, events that have happened in real life. To people and just because this is a gaming community does not mean you are automatically safe but however with that being said i don't have the answers as to how we can all go about this but we all all we could do right now besides giving our support and helping those that are in need is do our part to change the community to a safer environment to not have something like this to happen again and I hate the fact that this had to be, to even be discussed about to, about like what to do for the change here. To like, to actually make the changes here. It's just so disgusting and even painful. But when I say this, please, please, if you have been affected, I highly encourage you to speak up. What happened last week was very sickening and I, I I mean if you follow me on my Twitter I I had a hard time just even looking at for what was happening um it was difficult of staying off social media and reading through all those twit longers though and I I just it was just so hard and even though like I was not affected through it personally like the same victims because I can imagine how what those victims went through uh or those that are involved with those cases but even then it was just so it was sickening and I I, don't, I, I can't describe how much it just was so horrible, the fact that it had that impact to many people and to the community and such. So, um, but we can't ignore people that were affected 
And especially those that have still stayed quiet to this day, like I said, please speak up. Because we obviously still do care for the Xena, for the people. Um, and I say this, please reach out to somebody that you can put your trust in without a single doubt or question. This is very important, especially if we're striving for something to be better as it should have been from the start. But unfortunately, that did not happen, especially for over the years. Like, again, this has been going around since early as 2015, 16, 17, and many more that we may have not been aware about. But it's scary. So please speak up. And I hope that all of you guys are safe out there and for everything. I'm, I'm sorry if I went on a little bit longer about this more than I should have, though. But this is serious. It was a very, very dark time. And that's why, like, uh, we did not upload that podcast episode. This a podcast episode It's because that this was the time for the victims to speak out with their stories and such. This, this is the time for them. And it would be odd to promote our podcast and such, though. But this is something that we had to address this Um here and such so yeah. yeah and yeah like i mean edo even wrote this before we started and like i basically told him that it was well written and like basically what he just said now um was pretty much all i had to say but from what i can add on to this like i've been i guess compared to edo i've been like you know a little more involved in the smash community like he's Edo is definitely a part of it for sure. Like, you know, he's recently gotten into it within the past few years and like he's definitely kept up with it. He knows the figureheads like I do. It's like for me, I've looked up, you know, to a lot of the people that were outed, like the notable figures and players and commentators, whatever. I mean, I looked up to them as role models and like leaders of the community. And that I should have saw that that was my first mistake. Cause like, you know, when I was a lot younger, I, my two was, I myself was, pretty guilty of um putting them on pedestals and you know looking to them as like the heroes of the community and like um you know just genuine great people that have probably done nothing wrong in their life and come to find out they've done worse than what i could ever imagine and you know for all the victims that spoke up you guys are really brave for doing that and i genuinely respect you for coming out um with those stories and bringing it to light showing us those just their true colors that we could not see um i really just feel colorblinded by the entire thing because you know you think from what they present themselves to the public it's like you think you got the whole idea you see their true colors but you don't and you know those stories it's like a lot of people didn't want to believe it was real but especially with these type of allegations you got to take it seriously man and like i i just don't i don't even want to talk about like what exactly has been done if you've been on twitter and seen it you've seen it if not you can do research if you want but me trying to speak up on it and like re-explain it is so hard because it's just something that i don't want to see in this community at all and like while it is bad that they got outed and it just it it sucks because we didn't know those people like we thought we would it gives me a little more hope for the community in the sense that i think we are starting to clear out this type of behavior and with, you know, quarantine maybe coming to an end, I, I don't know yet. Um, whenever tournaments come back, like, I think they will be a lot different going forward. Um, I think a lot of people may feel a little more comfortable. Um, I would hope that there are a lot more um, professionals and community figureheads that will try their best to contribute to making these changes. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just so hard to speak up on because... I started playing Smash when I was young, like Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I, I had to have been like eight or nine, maybe even 10 when I played that game. And it's like, you know, the fact that we had these predators in our community is really scary, especially like we need to make this community safer for the young people, too, because keep in mind, I know it's hard, but this game is rated E10. It it appeals to everyone. 10 and up i guess technically but like you know there are some people that are, that are younger than that rating that play this game but it's like you gotta understand that you we need to be a little more open especially because the true rating of this game is meant to be played by everyone it's meant to be a party game we as a community have tried to turn it into a competitive game and it's working but unfortunately the you know the people that are really good at it aren't exactly the greatest of people but you know for those that have not been outed or like 
that are, you know, pretty much innocent um, have definitely spoken up a lot about it. And I have huge respect for everyone that's done that. They've spoken up on their stories. They've kept everyone aware of like these people that we need to look out for. Organizations have banned um, these members that have been outed from events. Um, and I feel like this is only the beginning. And I, and if you ever need to open up about a story like that, just know that Edo and I have got your back and like, we will definitely support you. And we don't take this as a joke in the slightest. Like this is serious. I, I mean, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but like even before, like this shouldn't have even been taken as a joke. Like taking these sorts of call outs and allegations should not be taken lightly. Like, you know, even if they don't have evidence and you need to ask for it, then ask for it. If they don't have it and they're lying, then that sucks and it's pretty fucked up. But if they have solid evidence and they haven't lied and even the people have come out and admitted to their faults, we still need to take this seriously. And I think that's pretty much all I have to say about this issue. But um, I have my hopes up and I think as a community, we can do this together. We we can make this place a lot more open and inviting to any type of person. Yes. And, you know, if, again, if you know someone personally that is going through this type of uh, traumatic experiences and such that follows up with that, please do your best to give them the support and such and just be there for them. Don't leave them hanging around because, again, this stuff like that, it actually, it drives people insane. And it's a very, very hurtful experience. So it's like, please do not ignore them. Do not leave them idly by and such. Please do your best to give them the support that they need as of now and such. And just making sure that, they, like, you know, they keep up to that. And when they're ready to come out, hopefully that they will be and such, you you go ahead and do what you can to support them because they definitely needed the worst times of this. As Something like this has happened to them. Uh, throughout the times of how long it's been kept together for and stuff. And it's really hard because it makes people shut up when they shouldn't be. So, um, but that's all that we just had to make the addressment here about this. And um, it's, again, it's very unfortunate the fact that this even had to be a conversation that has to be had. But that's just how you know how many sick people that there are out there. So, um, that is going to be all for the podcast episode today. If you're listening to the uh, show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave out another five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. You can hit up the Storm Connect Twitter at StormConnectEN or other platforms this podcast is on for feedback on the show. And, you know, you could also follow me at EdoNinjaHD. Um, for me, if you need to reach out to me if something like this has happened to you and such or Remote Falcon on tw- uh, Twitter, uh, just please, please, and I mean pretty please, stay safe out there, everybody, and hope that the chaotic events of this year will soon pass and we can move on forward with our lives appropriately and peacefully as possible towards the better hope for the future and the change that we've been longing for. Yeah. So, yeah, but I said, that's it. This is Ido Ninja. And this is Crunch. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast episode. Thank you all for tuning in. See you later. Take care.